Hi, welcome to my CBT podcast. This is Dr. Julie Osborne. I'm so happy you've joined me again today so we can keep talking to each other and making yourself feel happier and better in the world. So today, I was really excited to get a message on my new Instagram page from Karina, and she's given me permission to use her name and share her message so we can talk about social anxiety and how CBT can help us get past that and what are the causes and kind of normalize it for a lot of us because it's way more common than you might even think. So Karina wrote to me, I have trouble being my true self around people that I perceive will judge me or people that I'm not comfortable with. I get quiet and don't know how to connect or have a fluid conversation. Do you have any tips on becoming more secure in myself to feel confident and act myself around anyone? So first of all, Karina, thanks for the courage to write to me and letting me share this with everybody. Um, You know, the more we can share and be honest and authentic, the more we can help because I always have experiences myself and with my clients and friends that share that once they start telling people what they're going through or what they're struggling with, that they find more people in common than not. You know, when we're struggling with any type of mental health issues, we tend to be embarrassed or ashamed or the stigma keeps us quiet. So we don't talk to anybody and then we just feel more isolated and more bad about what's going on in our lives. So, you know, it's a catch 22. I understand it's not something you want to share with everybody. And I think you do need to be mindful who you're sharing it with because there are people out there that can be judgmental and not empathetic. But you do need to find some community, some close people in your life that you can trust and you can really share with so you can get that support you need and know that just because you think something doesn't mean it's true. But again, it's a really common issue that a lot of people have. So I just wanted to first educate you on social anxiety, and then I'm going to address specifically some of the questions Karina had and teaching you some CBT tools that you can take away today and start using to get rid of their social anxiety, and at least decrease it for the moment. So just to let you know, there's 15 million or about 7% of Americans that have social anxiety. And more than 75% experience it during their childhood or early teen years. So for a lot of us, you know, it's good to think back to, you know, when did this happen and maybe what started it? And it normally, because it starts in childhood, you know, It could be our environment. It could be experiences we went through as children that created this. But a lot of times it's just dismissed as someone being shy. And shyness is an aspect of this. But because it gets dismissed, only about half the people that suffer with social anxiety ever get help, which is a shame. And there's tons of research, as usual, with CBT that it is the therapy to go for when you have social anxiety because it is going to help change your thoughts. It's going to help you expose yourself, which we'll talk again a little bit about how you expose yourself to the anxious situations so you can actually get past them. It doesn't just go away on its own. I wish it did, (laughs) but I would say most of the time it doesn't just go away on its own and you need to learn some tools so you can get past it and feel good and not have it affect your life. So another possibility where it does come from, and, and it's not about beating up our parents, because whenever I talk about parents, you know, a lot of times people will say, oh, I don't want to blame my parents. And it's not about blaming our parents. It's just, it is what it is. We all had different environments and our environments completely affected who we became, how we saw the world, our belief system, right? So we just want to look at it and understand. And if you're a parent now, or you're going to be a parent one day, 
this is just really good information to have so that you don't create this anxiety within your children. And it just made me remember that I've had a handful of clients that have come to see me and said, you know, I'm anxious, I'm going to have kids, or maybe they're pregnant already. And they're saying, I don't want to have anxious kids. Like I'm anxious. I want to do something about it now, which is fantastic. Because if you're an anxious person, you will tend to have anxious kids because you're role modeling about being fearful, avoidance, all of the things that you do. Our children assume that we know what we're doing. <laughs> it's like if mom's afraid of this, then I should be afraid of this, right? If mom thinks this way, then that's the way I should think. So we really need to be mindful about that. And a negative parenting style that children will learn the opinions of others are really important or they strongly influence their self-worth is a big issue and how children can start as young kids or teenagers and then again come into our adulthood worrying so much about what other people think. And that is probably one of the number one things I hear about when people are socially anxious about what other people are thinking, that they're being judged. And of course, a big one is, you know, thinking you're going to embarrass yourself for sure. Another reason a lot of social anxieties out there is bullying and cyberbullying are common causes for social anxiety as well. So there's a lot of things going in our world that we're having to address on a daily basis. And not to mention everything going in our world right now that is the COVID-19, you know, living through a pandemic creates a lot of anxiety. We don't know how to deal with it. We have different opinions. Some people are more cautious and people are not as cautious and people are feeling conflict with that and don't want to be judged by others if they're maybe the ones that aren't being as cautious or, you know, whatever that that situation brings up. And obviously all of the protesting that's going on, which is so important and people have different thoughts and beliefs about that. So again, it brings up a lot of anxiety and social anxiety regarding speaking up, being who you are, being authentic, being able to stand up for what you believe in is so important. And we don't want your social anxiety to get in the way of what's most important to you. And it can be a daily thing that people struggle with. It is a mental health issue, but it's something that you can definitely overcome. And I know that the CBT tools can be really helpful with that. So let me talk about some ways that we can start defeating social anxiety. And these are some things, again, if you're not driving, you want to be safe in your home and you can take some notes and you can always listen again, obviously. I just want to talk about some things that we can start. So the first one is identifying the patterns of anxiety. So people often see the distressful symptoms of social anxiety as their enemy. So they try to avoid thinking about it. But to overcome anxiety, it's necessary for you to embrace it, like I was mentioning before. And if you're suffering from it, you need to identify what features of your own anxiety and acknowledge these characteristics as your own. And when you fully understand the problem, you're better able to cope with it. Shutting it out keeps it in the dark and it's difficult to work with. So people often embrace their anxiety by being more aware of identifying your physical reactions. So those include, you know, your heart beating fast, feeling flush, your stomach might be upset, you might be sweating excessively feeling dizzy, poor concentration, shaky hands, sweaty palms. It's important to understand whether these physical symptoms take place before, which is called anticipatory anxiety, during or after the anxiety-provoking situation. So take some time to think about yourself. You know, when is it that my anxiety is the worst? And some people cope with anxiety by engaging in what we call avoidance behavior, right? So avoidance is the mother of anxiety. <laughs> people avoid. If I don't have to do it, if I don't have to go, then I don't have to deal with it. But remember, I always talk about the Band-Aid, right? That when we're 
reacting off of our moods and mood to behavior is just a band-aid. And that's what avoidance is. It's a behavior. And it works for that moment because now I don't have to go or do that thing, but it's not fixing anything. And we're here about fixing things and getting better and having the life that you want. So when people avoid, it happens because, again, you're trying to stay away from situations that arouse your anxiety. And this is helpful sometimes. Maybe you want to avoid driving during rush hour. That's okay. I'm going to wait a little bit and leave work in a half an hour. That's not an unhealthy thing. But when you start to avoid, say, business meetings or taking classes or socializing with friends because you're anxious, this really can impact your lifestyle and can constrict the life that you want to create. We also have something we call escape behavior, which involves when you leave a situation that arouses anxiety. So this could be running out of a class when it's time to speak or leaving a party shortly after arriving, or maybe someone's leaving an airplane before it even departs. So again, that's first identifying your patterns of anxiety. And then the second one is we want to change the thinking that accompanies your anxiety provoking situations, right? So when a person fights against the symptoms, the anxiety actually increases. So that's something to remember. And a better strategy is not to fight them, just let them happen and let them pass. One way you can do that is changing your focus and shift the attention to what's going on outside of you. People with anxiety tend to be very self-focused. It's like you feel like the spotlight is on you and everybody's just looking at you. And I share with my clients all the time that most of us tend to be self-absorbed and it's not necessarily a bad thing all the time, but we tend to just think like everyone's looking at us, everybody's watching us. And I give the example that, you know, we've all probably been in public and we saw somebody trip and maybe inside we chuckled a little bit. And five minutes later, most of us probably even forgot it happened because we're back into our own lives and what's going on with us. It's just how we work. We're not sitting there all day long thinking about how that stranger tripped and that we thought it was funny. And we're not necessarily, you might share the story, but most likely you forgot about it by the time you got home and you're having dinner or hanging out with your friends. They might recognize and see what happened, but then we all move on because we all are just involved and our lives are busy and that's the way it goes. So everyone isn't just focused on you. And that's something that's important to remember because most people with anxiety, again, have what we call the spotlight fallacy that everybody's just looking at us and that just feeds our anxiety. Again, more relaxation techniques can be very helpful. But my favorite part, of course, with the CBT is changing the way you're thinking about what's going on and how you're portrayed and that you're going to embarrass yourself because that's a hot thought, right? Remember, the hot thoughts are the thoughts that aren't 100% true. So I can imagine you're going to go into a party or like I was reading from Karina who wrote into me that she has a hard time having a fluid conversation. She gets quiet. She doesn't know how to connect. She may be having other thoughts that I'm going to embarrass myself. I'm going to say something stupid. I'm not going to be interesting to listen to. I'm not going to find anything in common. And then people are going to be judging me, right? So this is where, remember our 80 to 90,000 thoughts a day, this is them. This is running amok in our heads and affecting our behavior. And what Karina is sharing is that, you know, She's taking away from her joy and her pleasure when she goes out to have a good time. And obviously she wants to have a good time, which is great because that's why she wrote in and she wants things to be better. But it's just taking away that joy because she's so worried about other things. So again, we want for each of us to be able to identify what am I thinking that's causing me to be anxious? I'm not just anxious for no reason. Okay. Social anxiety is something that's learned. Based on, again, it could be from parenting, it could be from other situations, 
It could be where, you know, maybe you were doing fine socially and then you had a really embarrassing situation or you had to do some public speaking and you felt like you just fumbled. And then after that, it's just been haunting you ever since. So it's not all childhood. It can be, but it could also be, again, current things that happen and those things we want to be aware of. The catch-22 also I wanted to share is that when you're going out, like Karina was sharing about, say, you're going to go out to a party, something social, you want to look relaxed and comfortable. But because you're so anxious, you're going to stand out even more, actually, because most people can kind of pick up when someone's uncomfortable or nervous. And so you're really, as I say, creating what you fear the most, right, is I don't want to come across anxious, but I'm creating that because I'm so internally focused rather than being focused on what's going on outside of me. And it increases my anxiety and it just shows up more. And you can see that usually in people's behavior and their body language. So that's just something to think about also. And because people that are socially anxious engage in negative thinking, especially about themselves, you know, they're focusing more on their weaknesses and they minimize their strengths. And we want to be able to focus on your strengths instead. So I'm assuming and I believe that most people's strengths are dealing with situations. And that we don't think about other things that we've overcome in the past and how that is a strength that we can use today to deal with whatever situation we're facing. And when you put yourself into an anxious situation, you realize that there are coping mechanisms that you may have not even used before, or maybe you did use before. And the number one treatment, which is part of CBT, is called exposure therapy. So I always tell my clients, I think I mentioned this in my podcast on anxiety, is it's a catch-22. I say there's good news and bad news is that you can get over your anxiety, but you have to go through it to get there, okay? So if you have social anxiety about talking, going places, speaking up, sharing your opinions, you're going to have to actually do that to see that you can express yourself well and that nothing bad happens. And you probably even have an engaging conversation, right? A lot of times just even debating or sharing different opinions can really help other people open up their minds and have good conversation. So it's not just about changing your thoughts and saying, okay, I'm going to be all right. That's part of it. So doing the thought record, identifying what my thoughts are, my hot thoughts, challenging them. So it's like, okay, now we have some good thoughts, right? Our new thoughts are that when I go to this party, I'm going to find a couple people that I know, start talking with them, maybe having them introduce me to new people and just, you know, being able to focus on what other people are talking about, finding something in common that type of thing. And once I do that, then I'm actually practicing what I'm thinking, right? So I tell my clients, remember, it's cognitive behavioral therapy. It's not just my thinking, it's my behavior. So we can change your thinking, but with social anxiety, we'll never fully believe it until we get out and actually have that experience. And that's what really shifts people's thinking and really changes things for people and realizing like, you know what? It wasn't as bad as I thought, and it worked out okay. And even if you say something silly or you feel like you embarrassed yourself, you can laugh at yourself. It's okay. We all say embarrassing, silly things in our lifetime. Nobody's going to hate us. It's not as big of a deal as we think, and we can move on. But you need to be able to go through that, which, I, again, I know is the hard part. But that's really what shifts for people. And I hear stories all the time. Sometimes people don't even mean to put themselves in a way where they're exposing themselves, but they did. And it worked out fine. So you can definitely do that. And you want to remember that I need to change my thinking and that I'm not being judged as harshly as I think I am. And I guess, you know, a question I ask my clients too is, 
kind of that double-edged sword again, is are you out there judging everybody and what they're doing and watching what they're doing and laughing at them or thinking they're bad? Like, are you doing what you think everyone else is doing? And most people will say to me, no, <laughs> I'm not doing any of that. I'm too focused on me and what I'm saying, right? So we want to look and see that our perception of others is distorted and it's now what we're thinking, which is causing a lot of our anxiety. So you want to come up and say, what is it socially that I'm afraid of? Like, is it just going to a party? Is it speaking up? Is it, do I have to do a lecture for a class that I'm teaching or I need to do a PowerPoint at work? What is it? And then figure out what are my thoughts? What are my hot thoughts that I'm thinking that's causing me so much social anxiety? And that anxiety, again, is what's creating the physical symptoms, which is another part that gets in the way. I don't want to see that people are watching me sweat, or I don't want to see people can tell I'm perspiring. I don't want to see people see I'm shaking. It's just many factors that are going on. And that's why it's so challenging. And to have some self-compassion for yourself while you're working through this, I always say self-compassion is so important, right? So what you want to do, as I'm saying, is kind of create some assignments that directly challenge the fears you have and make them relevant to your anxiety and make them more difficult as you go on. So in the Mind Over Move book, in the anxiety chapter, they have what they call a fear ladder. So basically, it's if you took a sheet of paper and you put on the top that my goal is to do public speaking, for example, right? So on the very bottom of the page, what would the first thing be that I'm going to write out what I need to stand up and talk about? That's the first thing. The next is practicing in the mirror. The next is taping myself and listening to it. The next is talking to family members and doing my little speech with them, having a friend listen. Like, I want you to take baby steps. If you're ready to just plow through and go to the top, that's great. But if we can build baby steps, we're not as overwhelmed and we can manage and calm the body down so we don't have all these physical reactions that get in the way that we're reacting to because we just want to feel better, okay? So again, you want to make them more difficult as time goes on and make sure you can repeat them so you can keep practicing. So those are just some ideas. And again, if you can always email me, reach out, I can always give you other ideas. If you're feeling stuck, you're not sure where to go with this, but doing experiments is super important. I mentioned, I want to talk to you about the relaxation techniques. So as you practice going into your anxiety provoking situations, we need to relax your body. So the deep breathing techniques are really effective. Practicing breathing until you can put your body into a relaxed state on purpose can be really helpful. And then you can go into the anxiety provoking situations and be more relaxed and you'll be ready to face your anxiety. It does take courage in each step of the way, but I know you can be successful. So again, if you want to listen back to my anxiety podcast, I go over specific breathing techniques. One of my favorites, you know, is the four, seven, eight, where you inhale for four, you hold really quickly for seven, and then you exhale for eight. And you do this like four times. But the trick here is that you have your tongue touching the back of your mouth where your gum and your teeth meet. And that triggers your vagal nerve, which really helps you calm down pretty quickly. Practicing progressive muscle relaxation can be really helpful. Doing guided imagery, whatever works for you. But you want to be able to practice that. If your body is calmer, you will be able to handle whatever anxiety starts to come up. It won't go so high because your body's calm. And then when you come up with your new thoughts that, you know what, I can handle this or I'm good socially, I want to talk, I want to engage. A good way to work on communication skills too, again, with social anxiety is 
I always tell people that are worried about starting conversations, one trick is to always ask other people questions about themselves. Even if you're thinking, I don't want to talk about me, reality is most people like to talk about themselves. So just ask them. I know we can't really go many places right now, but normally I would say like, oh, you're going on vacation or do you like traveling? You know, asking somebody about their work, what interests they have. Wherever you're at, meeting someone new, there must be something you have in common right there. Meaning like if it's a business meeting, everyone's hanging out at the beach, you know, oh, do you like going surfing? Do you like snorkeling? That, you know, those types of things. What is it that you have in common based on the environment you're in? And just asking questions and then for you to share back, you know, what you have in common or what you've done or, hey, I've traveled there as well, or I'm looking to go there. Where would I stay? Maybe they've gone somewhere you want to go. So asking other people questions is a really good way just to get the dialogue going. And I think if you have some ideas on what you want to talk about, it could be really helpful. So you're not just going in and hoping you can figure something out. You also want to have like good eye contact, smiling's good. You want to be a good listener and learn the value of small talk. I know some people are like, I hate small talk. And I'm like, well, I understand that, but we still need to do it. It's just part of our world. <laughs> and it's just a way of starting to get to know people and you never know where the conversation is going to go. So going back, I want to make sure I answered all the questions that Karina asked me. But again, she was talking about being her true self and worrying about that they're going to judge her. So I would tell you, Karina, that I want you to take the time to figure out what are my thoughts. And some of my thoughts you share with me really actually is that, you know, people will judge me. And I would want to ask you, you know, based on what evidence do you have for that? And, you know, I do say with a lot of times people bring up judging and the reality is people do judge us and we judge other people. And sometimes it's a good thing. I need to make good judgments in my life. Who are the people I'm going to hang out with? Who do I want in my life? What's going to be best for me, my family? So we all need to judge on a level. Being judgmental is different, right? Being judgmental on how somebody looks or what they're wearing or their belief system, that's different, okay? But it's going to happen. And if we're all worried all the time about being judged, we are going to be silent and we are going to have the social anxiety and we're just going to avoid. So having acceptance that that's part of the world, but most people are not sitting there spending all day long just judging you or even thinking about you after your time together is done. We're just too wrapped up in our lives. And again, it's not, it's not a bad thing, but we all, we're all busy. We're doing stuff. We're not just sitting there thinking and thinking about how you embarrassed yourself or what you said. It is what it is. A lot of people forget about the interaction and that's important to remember. So take the time to practice the CBT tools you're learning with me. You know, when a situation's coming up, Karina wants to go to a function. You know what? Am I feeling anxious? Yeah. How anxious am I feeling? You know, maybe 60, 70% out of 100. What are my thoughts? I'm going to be judged. I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm going to say something silly. I'm going to look stupid. And then, you know, all of those I just said were your hot thoughts. They're not 100% true. And what evidence do you have? And maybe, again, you've had one or two where you said something you felt embarrassed. But then we want to look at the evidence that doesn't support that. And what are all your experiences when things have really gone well? Or you've been the person at the party that's making people laugh or even entertaining. You want to think about that. And you also want to be aware, again, going back with maybe your childhood or your teen years, what are maybe some negative messages that you learned, right? And where do I want to change my belief systems that maybe I'm worried about that, you know, other people's opinions are very important. That determines my self-worth. None of that's true at all. And that I need to change that at my core 
so that I can start feeling more comfortable within myself. So again, social anxiety, super common. You're not alone. Takes a lot of courage to work on being better. But obviously, Karina, and I think most people out there don't want to have social anxiety. They want to be able to go out into their world and just enjoy their time and have fun and create relationships and feel good and accomplished and successful and confident. And I really promise you that the more you put yourself out there and have more and more experiences and expose yourself to your anxiety, and you're like, wow, that really went fine. It was not a big deal. I had a little bit of anxiety, but then it came down. I knew how to manage it. I took a little time out. I went back to the party. I can do this. Eventually, it will go away for you. And it's not something that you're going to have to continue to suffer with. But you have to put in the work, like anything. No pain, no gain, right? Things just don't get better overnight. We have to put work into it. And one last thing I just want to share is I tell my clients, too, that it's not like, oh, I'm healthy now. I got to where I am. It's like exercise. You know, once you get to your goal weight or building muscle, you don't just stop and it stays there. You got to keep working at it to keep it maintained, right? That's the same thing with our mental health. We have to work on maintaining our mental health forever. And it's not that it's all hard to do and it's easier the healthier you get, right? But it's not just I got to my goal, like, well, my goal might be like, great, I'm not socially anxious anymore, but what kind of things do I need to do so I can stay in this good place? So keep that in mind also. So again, you can always reach out to me. I have a new Instagram page at my CBT podcast. My website is mycognitivebehavioraltherapy.com. You can find me on Facebook under Dr. Julie Osborne. And I'm also on LinkedIn. So I appreciate um, all of you listening. I really look forward to getting more messages and emails so I can address specific topics that you all find really helpful. And... It's great that we're starting to reopen a little bit and maybe we can start feeling some normalcy back in our lives so we can all start spending some more time together. You've just listened to my CBT podcast. If you haven't yet, please go to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. Whoa, Poe Productions.